We've been handing out winners on BZ Money. Last week we went three and one, uh, plus fifty units. We're our units are a dollar, so we're up fifty units last week. But we're up a hundred and ten on the season. Six and four overall. We've been doing a great job. Last week we uh, we won Miami minus three. We won Atlanta plus one. We lost San Francisco minus eight. Those stupid Niners. And then we won uh, Chargers plus three. So we're three and one last week. Six and four overall. Up a hundred and ten dollars on the season. Our bankroll's up to a little over eleven hundred dollars. We started with a thousand dollars. We each bid two games to the others. And then Did we I come make down a mistake? to a, what do you mean? The Chargers lost twenty seven twenty four. Yeah, it's a push. So that's, that's a push. Yeah, so that wasn't a win. You okay. did make a mistake. I yeah, just, so we were three. We were two one and okay, one, and we won twenty five dollars, and we're like at eight eighty five one thousand eighty five. Yes, that's still winning. Yeah, all right, still winning. All right, so we're gonna pitch to you. To each other. Uh, mm-hmm. Two games each. Who wants to go first? Blank, did you want to go first? Gentlemen, I propose game one to you as being the Detroit Lions at home against the Atlanta Falcons. I, I believe that when you look at this game and you look at the fact that Detroit wants to be the class of the North, they're at home, um, and the fact that I, I believe that Goff has figured some things out. He looks good. They have a running game as well. And I think as good as Atlanta, Atlanta didn't look great against Green Bay, take it from me. But Green Bay wet the bed in the fourth quarter and were outscored 13 to nothing and went three and out, three and out, three and out, and then three and out, or four and out. Um, It wasn't a good look. But I think that Desmond Ritter has a lot to learn. I think that Detroit has a good defense, and Hutchinson and those guys are going to get after Ritter. I know that Bijan's look good. I know that they do have some weapons in Atlanta. I think Detroit's more of a complete football team and just a field goal at home in Detroit. I like the Lions. This is a game that I bet on my own as well. I picked uh, six games this week. This is one that I was on the Lions. So I I like Atlanta more than you guys do, I, be- I believe. Uh, their running game, I'm really bullish over. Like, yeah, Desmond Ritter stinks, but they don't ask Desmond Ritter to do a whole lot. And then, oh, yeah, Desmond Ritter helps them in the running game because he's a pretty good running quarterback. Uh, so I think that they're actually better than than y'all give them credit for. But I like Detroit here. Like they they started off with that huge victory, then they lose last week. Maybe a little bit of a hangover effect. Now they're they're doing they're they're dealing with some injuries. They lost a corner for the year. I don't think David Montgomery's going to play this week. Sounds like either. he's not. So they they are dealing with some injuries and stuff like that. But but bounce back at home. I don't think this is a team that's going to have a losing record. I'm with you. I like Detroit minus three. I'm with it. I think. Montgomery being out is good for them because it means more Jameer Gibbs. And frankly, like yeah. the question of like what are they without Jamison Williams? Josh Reynolds, the kid from AM, has been awesome. Yeah, but they've Re- been without Jamison Williams like almost forever. Oh, yeah. I know. But like yeah. Josh Reynolds has been way better this year than I thought. So I- I'm with this game too. All right. So we all like it. So this think sounds Jamison like it Williams needs to be wants a to get on some of this action. Bet. Probably does. Maybe. Probably, probably shouldn't. For but his probably best does. Interest. Probably would like to, though. It probably will. Yeah. How much, yeah. guys? Jamison Williams not being shut down by corners, being shut down by Vegas. Uh, I mean, we all like it. I think this needs to be at least 50. I was going to go 50. Okay. Let's do it. All right. $50 on the Detroit Lions. Somewhere Brendan Riley smiles. Uh, first game that I want to pitch on you guys. I like that we're going away from these uh, road favorites, which we've been on, but we've been doing all right. I don't like Carolina this week. Like, I know that Andy Dalton might give them a better chance to win football games than Bryce Young. That team is lousy. Like, those Carolina radio guys, were, uh, they're banging on their own team, talking about how they don't have any help, all of this stuff. I like Seattle. I think Seattle's good. Seattle is a team that you know I think is, is on the cusp of being a playoff team. 
I like Geno more than you guys like Geno. I think that defense is pretty good. I think Geno has some weapons. I think Seattle wins this game by more than a touchdown, and they're only given six points. I, I like Seattle comfortably to cover the six at home against Carolina. I, I don't dislike it at all. I, I think if, if I was going to pick this game and I looked at it, uh, I, I think I would take Seattle as well. I, I think that whether Bryce Young plays or not, or Andy Dalton, you know, so there's some people that think Andy Dalton's going to light up a, a, a bad Seattle secondary. May give him may give him a better chance to win than Bryce, but not win. The other thing is is that that 12th man is something. That home field means something in Seattle. It's a loud place to play. It's a tough environment to play in. And I think that whether he, the secondary is bad or not for Seattle, I think there's going to be a pass rush. And I don't think, see Carolina putting a lot of points on the board. So I, I'm with you. I would take Seattle in this game. Yep. Man, we're all in agreement. I, I, this one, I, I just think I think they're going to boat race. Them. I do too. I have them win this game. Branham metrics have them winning this game by thirteen points. Yeah, like there's some weird line movement happening this weekend. Like the Texans line, as I saw it earlier, at seven and a half. That one one's book. because the public's on the Texans. So yeah. They're trying to balance it out. Yeah, but like this, I, I think you could go way bigger on this one. I did. I've seen Andy Dalton play football in the last two years. He's terrible. He's worse than Bryce Young. He might be taller than him, but that's it. I don't know like, if he's worse than Bryce right now. He's pretty bad. But I don't – it's not a battle guys, I want to have. Those wide receivers move like statues. Like, they're so – like, I like how that guy said – what did he say? The body the body used to be Adam Thielen? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I, I'm with this one, too. I, I'm uh, – It sounds like we need to go 50. Or 50. Man, you guys don't – We're okay. up. We're All playing right. with House's money. And okay. we're playing with Gal's money on top of that. All right. Fact. Like, we're playing right. with Gal's money and on House's money now. All right. I'll do my, my next one. Russell Wilson sucks. I know he threw an incredibly high Hail Mary last week. It was actually an incredible play. Uh, but then they missed the two-point conversion. But, like, you go back to the week before, they scored 16 points versus the Raiders, who then got boat raced by the Bills last week. I think the Denver Broncos are a terrible football team. The way Raheem Mostert's playing this year at running back for the Dolphins, I just think they look unstoppable right now. So I'm all over the Dolphins minus 6.5 at home. This is one that I played personally, and I agree with you. Like I have, this is another one where I feel equally like I felt like Seattle. It's a home favorite that I feel is going to win by a touchdown easy, and they're giving up fewer than seven points. Like I'm on the Miami side of this too. I think Denver's not very good. I think they're desperate, but they're playing. Uh, my, it's in Miami. Like it's a Miami home game. I think they easily win this one by a touchdown. Yeah, look, I didn't feel as strongly as you guys did, but I feel like Miami's going to win the football game. And you guys outnumber me anyway on this. But, you know, when I look at it, I think Denver's been better than people thought they were going to be. I think Sean Payton has made a, a, a positive impact on Russell Wilson. Yeah, he got that Hail Mary at the end and got some empty stats for it. And then they couldn't get the two-point conversion. But Russell Wilson hasn't been the just over-the-top disaster he was a year ago. So I don't think they're as bad as they were a year ago. But I think the Dolphins are really good. And I think that as long as Tua doesn't take a shot to the dome piece, with all the, even if Waddle doesn't play this week, he's got so many weapons and the defense is good. And this is a quality football team. I think at home they should win by a touchdown. Hundred. No, I, I think that's too much. Dude, I, I... <laughs> He'll be soft. Hundred. We're gonna guys. We're out of money. He, he doesn't. I'm saying I need money at the end of the year just in case. Blankers doesn't feel as strong feel, about this one. I feel like is the previous two. I will, I will say I, so I li- like 35. I like this 40? game a lot less than I like the Seattle game personally. The minus six, so I'm good with like a 35er. What do you think? That's fine. 35? All right, $35. All right, what's your second one, Blankers? My second one would be the Patriots at the Jets. I know that Zach Wilson is just absolutely brutal, and to me it comes down to both quarterbacks. And and I think when you look at it, the Pats have won 14 straight games against the Jets. And Belichick, defensively, when he knows 
he's got a wounded or less than at quarterback, he will exploit the hell out of everything and, and make Zach Wilson look bad or worse. And he will take away what they're going to try to do with the running game. I think Mac Jones has been like he was two years ago when he has a, a, an offensive coordinator. I won't say a really good one, but he's got an offensive coordinator now instead of a defensive coordinator calling plays. And I believe that the, there's no reason for me to believe that the the Patriots can't win this game by at least the the two and a half points the Jets are getting at home. I, I like the the Pats to win by at least a field goal. I think they're going to win by a touchdown. Mac Jones is eighth in the NFL in passing. That's pretty good. Just by the way, I like this game too. I like New England minus two and a half. I didn't. It's Zach I Wilson. didn't play this game. Yeah, but their defense is so good. They're at home. I hate betting road favorites. But like the Jets defense wasn't good last week. They were out of the game immediately. That's true. They were put in bad spots. I think Christian Gonzalez, right? I think he gets one this week for sure. He's a, he's really good. I don't kind of slid a little bit in the draft, but he watching him play last week. He's impressive. Yeah, I like this one. I'm fine. This one's like a 25 game, but yeah, I didn't worry. I, I I'm just gonna say no. I know that I'm outvoted here, but I want my no to diminish the value that we're the, betting on this game. I don't. I had this game Patriots winning by three. So like I I liked if I gunned to my head, I I picked the Patriots side. But this is a no play for me. Like I, I stayed away from this game entirely because I think it's gonna be a low scoring game. I think the two and a half points could come into play. Um. So I, I I didn't bet it personally. You guys both like it. I just, uh, I would like to argue with you guys to make it a twenty five smaller. Twenty five is fine. I'm cool with that. I mean, I'm outvoted, and that, that was my intention there, and make it uh, a smaller bet. So twenty five dollars on the Pats to cover the two and a half against the Jets on the road. Second game, I'm going to sell to you guys. I'm going to talk out of both sides of my mouth here for a second because you know I don't like road favorites, except except. For the Philadelphia Eagles going down to Tampa Bay. I think the Eagles are a juggernaut. I think the Eagles and the, and the Niners are juggernauts in the NFC. I have the Eagles going into Tampa and winning this game by 13 points. I don't think they can be stopped offensively, even though Tampa has a pretty good defense. I don't think Tampa is going to score against this Philadelphia defense. I think it's going to be a struggle on both sides of the ball for Tampa Bay. Philadelphia, give the five. Eagles are going to, are going to soar. I don't disagree. They're going to roll. I saw some people saying Baker Mayfield's going to have two touchdown passes to Mike Evans and all these things, and I'm going, does he have time to throw the football? Because the way I've seen that defense play and that front seven play, I'm not sure that with the the, the kind of makeshift offensive line Tampa's got, I'm not sure that they're going to be able to withstand the pressure. I don't think that Tampa Bay, as good as uh, of a start as they gotten off to that no one saw coming, including myself, I don't think Tampa Bay is going to cover five points at home. They're going to get five, and I think they're going to get beat by at least a touchdown. I agree. All right. How much? I'll yep. go less than fifty because I, I don't 40. I don't like road favorites. So like I don't want to go our biggest Joe, you're unit, just biggest bet today too. He said no uh, fifty, so I said 40. forty. I'm cool with forty. Okay, uh, I, mean, I, I don't have a say in it if that's what you guys do. I'm going anti quarterback today. I'm gonna, I go from Russell Wilson, one overpaid bad quarterback, bad trade to another. Deshaun Watson, he stinks too. He's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. And Ryan Tannehill was pretty good last week. Yeah. Finally, felt like Traylon Burks and him. Figure something out at least a little bit. I like Tennessee in this game on the road plus three and a half. Derrick Henry, you know, I don't like Kareem Hunt means absolutely nothing to me. He was barely used last year when he was there in Cleveland. They barely threw to him. They barely ran him. Jerome Ford can play now. Jerome Ford does seem like he can play, but like it's also sometimes I'm hesitant to buy into those guys and see you know what they look like in week two. Mm-hmm. And if like everyone who has a fab budget in fantasy football like wasted all of it, what did you what did you bid on them? 
88 and I lost. I bit 100 and I lost. Yeah, BMAC got him in our league for 101. I bit 100. I bit 100 on. I, I, I went all in on all of my leagues with my fab on Jerome Ford and I didn't win in a, in a single one. Yeah, I hate fab. Just for the record, I no, think it's stupid. way to go. I like um, but I, I like Tennessee. I, I think Derrick Henry's been pretty good this year, and I just like the way they're playing so far. So I like Tennessee plus three and a half on I the road. I think the big thing, too, is Vrabel's defense. Is it travels, and it plays, and he gets the most out of his players. And Deshaun has been awful. And I don't think in week one, Kareem Hunt's going to do anything like Nick Chubb to save the bacon of Deshaun when he's not when he's less than. I think Tennessee can win the football game I, I, without question. So I, 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 I'm fine with Tennessee. I just I, I don't feel great about the game. Yeah, this was a complete no play for me. Like I, I actually think Cleveland wins this game. I think it's tight. Like I had Cleveland winning by four. I think this is a game that Tennessee wins by four. Cleveland wins by four. Somewhere in that range. I think it's tight. I think it's ugly. I think it's bad football. I think both teams are going to run it down each other's throats or try. And I think the defenses are going to prevail. I want I wanted nothing to do with this game personally. So that's my stance on this this game. So are we doing it or not? You want to play it, Joe, Joel, or not? Because I'm feeling call, the same, Joel. but not by four. I feel by three. I think Tennessee can win the game by a field goal. Well, t- Cleveland's given up. I know they are, points. but I, but I think just like you, it could go either way. All right, what's for up a field goal. So, Joe, up, do you want to play it, or a, we we've put yeah, a lot well, of money out there? I mean, he sold it. Of course, game. he wants to play it. I'll go. Let's go. Our softest two dollars, fifteen dollar bet. Soft, like the, I, I, right, so you I know. You gotta at least either, go twenty. All right, twenty-five. You at least 25. go no, go twenty. 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 At least go twenty. Like fifteen feels weird. We're going twenty on the Titans. Yes, plus yeah. three and a half. Gross. Y'all are gonna regret that. I didn't. I don't like it a whole lot. But <laughs> none uh, of my games got picked last week, and we had a good weekend. Hmm. Yeah. So we we talked about this previously. Fade Joe. Well, yeah. I'll what out. you do? We have said that. Fade yeah. one. Joe. Week one, Joel and I went one and one. You went zero oh and two. I didn't say not. Nah. I didn't say don't fade Branham. <laughs> Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Fade Joe. Uh, we need mean text. We need a bunch of them. Tell us the worst thing about us. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. But when we return, well, the Four Niners look pretty good, don't they? I believe that there's no one in the NFC. I'm going to make some people mad because we're in Texas and there's a lot of Cowboy fans in Texas. There's no one else in the NFC that's even close to being in the same league as the Eagles and the Niners. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. You need to get out to TDECU Stadium on Saturday. We're going to get some football weather a little bit on Saturday. The weather at 6 o'clock tomorrow night is going to be fantastic. Football, football weather. Kind of. But the weather's going to be great. Head over to TDECU Stadium and join in on the action. Place to be tomorrow night. Cougars taking on Sam Houston, the Bearcats, for the first time since 2005 in a college football showdown. It's the perfect way to kick off your weekend with some family fun. We have a little family four-pack for you for an unforgettable experience. Where else can you take out the family of four for just 60 bucks? You get four tickets Four hot dogs, four sodas for just $60. What a deal. It's an outstanding deal. If you don't have a family, well, individual tickets are on sale as well at 20 bucks a piece. Get your tickets right now, uhcougars.com slash tickets, or just call 713-GO-COOGS. Come early. Enjoy all of the tailgating. Weather's going to be great for tailgating. You don't want to miss out on the tailgating. And they also take care of you out there if you don't have a place to tailgate. Go stop by Cougar Alley in front of TDECU Stadium. They have a huge LED TV screen right outside of the stadium so you don't miss any of the college football action before kickoff of Houston's game. Uh, they also have the Bud Light Backyard, great spot for a drink. The Coke Fan Fest, good spot to hang out with some family as well, and much, much more. Get your tickets today. Houston, Sam Houston, tomorrow at 6. Go over to uhcougars.com slash tickets right now, or call 713 go Cougs. Come early, be loud, and wear red. 
There is not a team in the NFC that is on the same tier as the Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers. Cash or trash? There is no one else in the NFC that can play at the same level as the Eagles and the 49ers. That might make some people mad in these uh, these parts here. Oh, yeah. Because there's a lot of Cowboys fans in these parts here. We carry Cowboy games on this very radio station. I think the Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers are way up here. They're in this top tier in the NFC. No one else can touch them. No one else can catch them. And everybody else in the NFC, quite frankly, is playing for third place. See, I said that at the start of the year. And the only thing that really solidifies it for me is the fact that Mike McCarthy's calling plays for the Cowboys. It's, it's going to catch up with them. They've had two just absolute boat races to start the season. They've had just, you know, two two sacrificial lambs. And they took advantage of it. That's great. But when they get in tight games, I don't believe in Mike McCarthy as a play caller. I believe in the unbelievable amount and abundance of talent of the other two teams. I believe that Shanahan is as advertised offensively. I believe that the Eagles, and even if Steichen isn't there, I believe that Jalen Hurts is the real deal. Their defense is unbelievable. And they've got skill. Their receivers alone should scare the hell out of any team in the league. I know C.D. Lamb is good, really good. I don't believe in Dak Prescott either. And I think when you look at the combination, Purdy actually looked like when just tasked with doing his job, get it out of his hands quickly, don't make mistakes, get the ball in the hands of the weapons that he has. He's got a ton of weapons. I'm not a believer in the Dallas Cowboys. I never have been, and that's there's a lot of bias involved in that too. But this year, just looking at them for those reasons – I don't see – we said the NFC was light. I don't see anything other than those two teams. Yeah, I, I think that we underrate Brock Purdy, honestly. Like, we as a football society, I think Purdy's better than people think. Uh, I think if Purdy was drafted in the top two rounds, we wouldn't look at Brock Purdy and call him like a game manager. This time, We would look at Brock Purdy like he's a legit quarterback. And they have unbelievable skill around them. Like, I mean, Christian McCaffrey in the backfield – the best running back in the NFL. It's certainly top two, top three. I don't, I don't hate Eli Mitchell. Their backup. Then they have Debo Samuel. Brandon Ayuk didn't even play yesterday. They have George Kittle. Kittle's and, like what top five tight end? Uh, yeah, I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Especially when you throw in like the full body of work. Like yeah. he might not be a top five fantasy tight end anymore. Although right. he probably is. He's well, probably he's right there in the in top traffic, five. In traffic on key drives or in pressure situations. He just goes up in traffic and gets everything. They have Bosa defensively. Like that defense, I, I know they Warner. lost to Miko Ryans, but they had the number one defense in the NFL last year. That that defense isn't going anywhere. The 49ers are unbelievable, unbelievably scary. And then the Philadelphia Eagles, we can have the same conversation. They have Jalen Hurts, who probably is the MVP last year if he doesn't get hurt. Probably one of the favorites to win the MVP again this year. I don't love their running backs that much, but they figure out a way to get those guys in space. And look, Swift had a huge game this past week, and they have other guys who are like, they play a role, like whether it's Gainwell, I don't love Rashard Penny, but they have pieces there that they feel comfortable with. Then you look at their receivers, they might have the best wide receiver tandem in the NFL the with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. I, it's probably those two. Yeah, it's probably There's probably another team we're not thinking of in the mix. Hill, Hill and Waddle, Smith Eagles, and Dolphins, Brown. easily top three wide receiver duos in the NFL. And then probably Tank and Nico Collins round out the top. Th- I'm kidding. Cincinnati? <laughs> I'm kidding. Since he's up there. Yeah. Since he's up there with Chase and with Higgins. Um, trying to think if there's anybody else that we're missing. Justin Jefferson, he lost Thielen, but I like Addison. Yeah in a bit, but probably not yet, right? Devontae Adams doesn't have anybody that he pairs up with. Chargers doesn't. with Williams and... Uh, yeah, it's probably uh, uh, not that good, Keenan though. Keenan Allen's like, kind of on the I, downside. I don't think either one of those guys is a Tier 1 receiver. 
Whereas like A.J. Brown, Devontae wow. Smith are probably right behind Justin Even Jefferson. Even Devontae Adams seems Jamar to be on the Chase. decline. Who's that? Devontae Adams with the Raiders. Eh, he's still really stinking good. Like I, I'm he's with you. Got to get someone to give him the football too. Garoppolo kind of gets him the football a little bit though. Uh, but look, but back to the the point about San Fran and Philly. They also have really good defenses. Like Dre saying that the Eagles' defense is suspect. Oh boy, I how? I don't think so. I, I think he's looking at it from cowboy lenses. Good lord! You st- Fletcher Cox is now being used situationally. He's their third defensive yeah, tackle, and he's a monster. He has wreaked havoc for years. And you somehow had Jalen Carter fall into your lap? That was very lucky. My goodness. (laughs) That was very lucky. Yeah, I don't think there's anybody in the same tier as the Eagles and the 49ers. And I think we're looking at another rematch of the NFC Championship game. Now, it's unfortunate last year the 49ers didn't get a quarterback. Because I, if you had to pick right now, Niners or Eagles? Uh, I'm going to take the Eagles. Obviously, I'm on the other side. I go Niners. I think the Niners are a little bit better than the Eagles. I think that if you needed a play to be made, because I think that you look, I think what Purdy's doing too is exactly what a Shanahan offense has the quarterback do, where they don't have to do it all themselves. I think Jalen Jalen Hurts could do it all himself if he had to, and the fact that what he proved last year on that playoff run proved me wrong because I didn't think he was there yet, and I didn't know that he could get there. And the fact that he made throws I didn't think he was capable of making, putting the football where I didn't think he could throw it, was impressive as hell to me. So I'm not going to bet against them. I'm going to give the 49ers the edge over the Eagles. Todd, the show, saying the uh, the Eagles' defense isn't that impressive either. I don't Todd, know the show you... also said the Giants were going to be were going to show up last night. He did say that. He said that the uh, he said that people were taking the Giants a little bit. Uh, they were taking them lightly, right? Yeah. So they were taking them lightly. You look at the Eagles defensively this year through two weeks. They they do rank towards the bottom of the NFL, but they've also won two games convincingly. You know, like that kind of plays into the whole metrics of it, too. Like you're way ahead. You're going to give the other team some yards because you're keeping everything in front of you. We kind of saw that play out a little bit in Houston uh, in week two. 49ers, Cowboys, 49ers, Eagles. Is there anybody in the same tier as those two teams in the NFC? Blankers and I say no. Joe, anybody you want to throw into the mix here in the NFC that's anywhere near the same stratosphere as the the NFC North 49ers and Eagles? The Bears? I'm going to say no to the Bears. I wanted the Lions to be bad, but they're not. They're not, especially with the injury to that corner. I'm blanking on his name. Uh, CJ Gardner-Johnson? Yeah. Yeah, like they're they're not as good a team without him. I think the next team I'd put even near them besides the Cowboys, it could be Seattle. I think they're pretty well-rounded. But like, Seattle's I, not close to them. Like, I, think I like Seattle. No, you're right. They're not like, close there's, to there's the no, There's no Eagles. one. Like, it, it's those two teams. I don't teams. believe in Geno Smith that much. Yeah, I, I like Geno more than you like Geno, but I get it. Like, I mean, he hasn't done it for a long time, and it's been he's been a journeyman. He's been a career backup, and, you know, a lot of times you don't have faith in those guys. Geno um, Montero Smith. I don't believe in him that much. He was a one-hit wonder. <laughs> he did get paid. He um, sure did. If I had to pick one team that has the best chance – of joining that class, it would be the Cowboys because of their defense, but they just lost Diggs. Like that that's yeah. a huge blow. Like, can I say the Cowboys when you just lose Diggs? No. I like the Commanders a little bit, but I don't like the Commanders where like, like Sam Howell. I don't right like now. the Commanders where they're gonna win the NFC championship. I like the Commanders where like they might sneak into the playoffs, not make a run through the playoffs. Anybody in the NFC North? No. Nope. The juggernaut NFC South where they have three two and O teams. Nope. Sorry. Atlanta, no, New Orleans, and Tampa aren't in that same conversation. It's those two and, it's those it. two and everybody else is playing for third place. And if you're yeah, if you're playing honorable mention, it's Dallas. It's a three. It's three teams in the conference that at least have a sliver of hope, and it's two teams, fifty-fifty, or however you, you, whichever side you're on of that, and the Cowboys taking the sliver. 
Yeah, man, they stay healthy. It's uh, it's an NFC Championship game. I cannot wait to watch. Look at us already already saying the participants in the NFC Championship game. We haven't had three weeks of the NFL season. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Todd Callis, voice of the Houston Astros, TV voice of the Stros, joins us when we return. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN ninety seven five and ESPN ninety two five. Hey, before we go to the break, tell you about the good people at my bookie. Big weekend coming up. We just gave you uh, our picks for the weekend. Maybe you've got some that you've been thinking about playing. College football, pro football. You're looking for a place to put some money down. You want your money safe and secure. You want to capitalize by getting some extras along the way, some bonuses, and a place that really cares about you enough to give you some deals. That's MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag been in business for over a decade, been taking care of their customers all along the way. And the promo code you always have to remember because you're going to see certain opportunities to put it in is BET975. When you put that promo code in when you go to mybookie.ag and you put in at least 50 bucks, you can get up to $200 extra in your account, and that means more money in your account, more games to bet on, and more chances to win. And if you take that bonus money and bet it at least one time, if you win, you can take it out. Put it in your back pocket. Go have yourself a great weekend. Go get yourself some good grub, catch dinner and a movie. It's all going to be taken care of because of the fact that you can take the money out when you want to cash out. They're fantastic. They take care of you, and they've got so many ways to do it. You can bet on all the sports, all the lines, all the different prop bets. And on top of that, when games aren't being played, there's live dealers standing by with casino games so you can still get your gambling on. They're fantastic. They take care of their customers. What else can I say? That's why I always tell you, you can bet anything, anytime, anywhere. And the only place I tell you to do it is mybookie.ag and use that promo code BET975. Let's go straight out to the HRP guest line being joined by Todd Callis, TV voice of the Houston Astros. Conversations brought to you in part by Daspit Law Firm and Academy. TK, thanks for taking a few minutes hanging out with us on a what's going to be busy Friday night. Astros opening up the first of a three-game series against Kansas City. Wanted to go back first, uh, Todd, about you know Wednesday, that, that day game against Baltimore. You salvage a game in that series. You know, must win, tend to play, technically not, but that one felt like it had some pretty big stakes. Yeah, it was huge. Uh, if they lose that game, they're on the outside of the playoff picture. So they basically held their first-place position. They're currently the two-seed. Had they lost that game, they would have dropped all the way to the seventh seed. So that's as big as it gets for one game. It's, it's crazy that four teams all sit here with the same number of losses, and, and one of them's going to be kicked out in a week and a half. It's going to be pretty intense. Todd, saw some good news. Uh, Ryan Stanek coming back to the active roster. And that's something that when I think when you guys were calling the game and, and calling it live and we were watching it on TV, you know, you hold your collective breath and you say, man, that's a heck of a loss. I don't know that we'll even see him in the playoffs based on how bad that looked. The fact that you not only get him back, but you get a guy that can enhance the backside of that bullpen and wherever you use the bullpen more in the playoffs has got to be a huge boost for this bullpen. Yeah, no doubt. When he gets card, when anybody gets carted off, you're thinking it's at least a month or two, if not more. Uh, but fortunately for Ryan, it wasn't as bad of an injury as he initially thought. Um, the next day, he, he knew it wasn't a serious injury in Texas, so that was huge. Uh, but here he is. Yeah, only what two and a half weeks since that. Uh, what looked like a catastrophic injury. So it's great to have him back. Uh, he replaces Joel Kuno in the roster. He gives the Astros somebody who last year set the ERA record for relievers and ha- has postseason experience so uh all of those are good good news and good signs for the astros bullpen and uh the bullpen's in pretty good shape coming in off that off day and get ready for this 
next six-game stretch before the next off day. Todd Callis on the HRNP guest line brought to you by Daspit Law Firm and Academy. Christian Javier uh, started that Wednesday game. No decision, but it was the the numbers uh, that makes everybody bullish and excited about potentially Christian Javier getting his groove back, right? 11 strikeouts, matching a season high, getting some swing and miss on that rising Invisa fastball. How encouraging was that start for Javier? And I guess when do you believe it? When do you believe he's back? <laughs> I would like to see back-to-back, but that was hugely encouraging. Uh, you knew with, with a week and a half to go that you needed to find a third guy in that postseason rotation. Uh, Javier has been there, done that before, and he looked like the Christian Javier of old in his last start. So he'll get another outing against Seattle. Uh, it looks like they're going to have Verlander, Javier, and Justin Verlander starting that series. So they'll have their three big guns lined up for that series in Seattle. Uh, I'd love to see Javier have a, a very similar outing. Just being able to spot that breaking ball for a strike, which we rarely have seen in the past, his command has always been a little bit of an issue, uh, really set up his fastball. And that fastball uh, looked like the invisible of, of pass. So, yes, if he can look good again in Seattle, uh, then I feel a lot better about the Astros' chances of possibly repeating as a World Series champion because they need those three guys. Uh, to be the key horses in that World Series postseason rotation. Todd, we, we uh, discussed uh, your previous visits to the show, that the fact that it looked like Dusty, no matter what, was going to put Javier in the, the three spot anyway, and now it looks like he's earning that uh, that uh, selection. With the four-starter, it seems to be up in the air. I mean, you had as good as J.P. France has been all year. We know that you know Brown has the stuff. But if, if who's that fourth starter right now in your mind if you had to pick between those two guys? Urquidy got lit up a little bit his last time out. So I know there are three guys in the mix potentially, but where would, where is Dusty going with his fourth starter? Yeah, that's the key question. And the good news is in the DS or, or, or in the AL wildcard series, you don't need a fourth starter. Even in the best of five in the DS, you don't need a fourth starter because you have days off in there. Uh, the fourth starter wouldn't come into play until game five of the ALCS. So at that point, you have not only what's remaining on the schedule for J.P. France and Hunter Brown to sort it out, but you also have what might have transpired in one or two playoff series, depending on whether the Astros get to buy the first round or not. So uh, it'll it, somehow it always sorts itself out where somebody will take the lead, but obviously if you're going to be one of those two guys, both rookies, Hunter had a little experience in the postseason last year. J.P. has struggled a little bit lately, especially with his command, which might uh, point to a little bit of fatigue. He's getting a little extra rest before his start tomorrow. They move Fromber in front of him, so Fromber could pitch in that Seattle series. So um, I'd say it's still up in the air, but I'd say if you have to pinpoint me down to making a pick right now, I'd say slight advantage Hunter just because of that experience last year. But Hunter has to get uh, better than he's been in his last few starts. Todd, Michael Brantley didn't play in the uh, the Baltimore series. We, we thought we'd see him in the lineup Tuesday. was not in it. Dusty said he's a, a little bit sore. Uh, Wednesday, the Astros used a pinch hitter in John Singleton, not Michael Brantley. Uh, you had Greg Kessinger, who was on deck before the Mauricio Dubon uh, walk-off single in the ninth. Again, not Brantley. Uh, Dusty asked about it earlier today. He said that uh, Michael Brantley's probably unavailable, but has not been placed on the injured list. So no, no one else coming up. Uh, what's the latest on Michael Brantley? Is there hope we see Michael Brantley anytime soon? Yeah, I don't, I'm starting to get concerned. Uh, it's a long stretch without having him available. So um, he needs to make progress in a hurry or else you're playing one man short and you really can't afford to in the final eight or nine games of the season playing one man short. 
my guess is if he's not in the lineup tomorrow, that he won't be in the lineup Sunday. And if he's not available for this weekend, then I think you have to make a move, even if it's uh, unless you know for sure he's going to be ready for Seattle. You, you have to make a move at some point if he's not ready to go. You just can't play a man down with the critical nature of all these games. So hopefully we get some good news in the next 24 or 48 hours, but um, I think they'll know whether they have to put Michael on the IL before they go to Seattle because he just can't take that risk at this point. TK, we know it's a big series here this weekend. We also know there's a big one going on in Arlington between the Rangers and uh, the Mariners, and I'm just in- interested in your thoughts on best-case scenario. They got the tiebreaker against the Rangers. They don't against the Mariners. How do you see that playing out uh, over there in Dallas this weekend? Yeah, for me, the best-case scenario is that the Rangers win two out of three I, because of what you said, winning the tiebreaker against the Rangers, not winning it against Seattle. You don't want Seattle to be as close as, as the Rangers are. So the Rangers being a half-game back or a game-and-a-half back uh, is the same as the Mariners being a game and a half or two and a half back just because of the tiebreak situation. Plus, uh, you then go into Seattle with a chance to knock them out of the divisional race if you can take two out of three if the Mariners lose two out of three in Arlington. It's going to be crazy fun watching those scoreboard and, and keep Toronto in mind too because right now, you know, the Blue Jays still have nine games to go, six against Tampa Bay, who's still fighting for the ALEs, and they have three more against the Yankees at their place. And if Toronto keeps playing well, then they're going to be one of the wild card teams. If they don't play well, it gives the luxury to that third team in the AL West to get in as a wild card. So uh, we'll be watching that Toronto-Tampa Bay score. We'll be watching the Rangers and the Mariners score for sure over the weekend. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We don't get to call playoff baseballs, you know. It all goes to the networks, but this is as close as it gets for us, the final uh, nine days of the season. That's what I wanted to ask you about, Todd. You know, the the significance of these final nine games is massive, and the Astros in this golden era, as you've coined it, uh, they've they've run away with divisions in most years. Like, do you, would you personally, selfishly, as a broadcaster, knowing you don't call the games in the playoffs, do you take this, or do you take the Astros coasting to another division title? <laughs> uh, that's a good one. I, I like counting down and being able to celebrate early because then you can set your rotation, <laughs> give guys rest. So, uh, from a strategic standpoint, the better you clinch, uh, the earlier you clinch, the better. But uh, yeah, it's fun. I mean, we haven't had this kind of drama. I mean, I was legitimately on edge in the game on Wednesday, knowing what was at stake, knowing the Rangers had already won that day, and knowing the Mariners had a lead on the A's that they probably weren't going to relinquish, uh, and that the Astros lost that they were out of the playoff picture going into the off day. So yeah. It felt intense, and I love that feeling. I love when the adrenaline is strong. Uh, so it's kind of cool as a broadcaster to have these games mean a lot, but uh, there's also something to be said about clinching early and getting lined up for the playoffs and not worrying about who has to win and lose in the other games. TK, we talk about the fact that Bregman says the other night, we've just got to execute. We talk about, the, and we hear the national media talking about, they just think they can flip a switch, or the switch hasn't been flipped, or they're just, they need motivation. In your mind, what's the one thing that gets it done for the Astros down the stretch? The one thing they have to have or do that puts them through to where they need to be? To me, they just need to have focus and, and energy. And I think that was missing in that week where they went 2-4 and four against Oakland and Kansas City. I, I honestly don't believe all 27 guys on the active roster could look in the mirror and said that they brought their absolute A game for those uh, six games against the A's and the Royals. And you, during the course of 162... You're not going to have your A game for all 162, but it was critical at that point that they brought a little bit more energy to the table because that two and four week, 
you know, if they flip that, even if they don't go five and one or six and zero, but if they go four and two against those two hundred loss teams, now you're looking at a much more comfortable situation with a week and a half to go. But it is what it is. Uh, they lost the first two to Kansas City after losing the first two to Oakland. Then they lost the first two to Baltimore. Uh, they need to win a game here. They need to bring that intensity. I don't think at this point of the season you have any reason not to. I mean, you know what's in front of you. You can see uh, what's in front of you. You know what the situation is. It's never been this close for three teams this late in the season. Uh, you pretty much have to win every game and not worry about the other teams, but they have to bring uh, their best to the table, even if it's Kansas City with 102 losses. They still know what happened when they didn't bring their A game last time in Kansas City. So uh, to me, it's just focused and, and energy and matching the intensity of the other team, and in this case, the Royals. Really good pitching matchup in the opener, too, with a pair of southpaws on the mound. Cole Reagans is really good. Astros got him for five runs. Two of them came in after he left the game the other day. He is really, really good. Not just because he's American League Pitcher of the Month reigning right now, but uh, looking at what he's done since he came over from that in that Aroldis Chapman trade with Texas, he's been one of the best pitchers in the American League since that point. So, uh, Framber Valdez is going to bring it. He has an innings, uh, threshold that he wants to cross with 200 innings. So, you know, he's going to go at least six, maybe seven again tonight. He's been very good lately. I would expect this to be a low scoring game. Um, I wouldn't expect the Astros would be able to tag Reagan's twice in a row just because he is very skilled, but we'll see how it plays out. Todd, we'll be watching. Thanks for uh, spending a few minutes with us, and uh, have a good call this series. All right, guys. We'll talk to you next week. It's Todd Callis, uh, brought to you by Daspit Law Firm and Academy. Let's uh, piggyback what Todd said. First off, the uh, he is a little concerned about uh, Brantley. That, that kind of caught my attention. But what are we rooting for in the Rangers-Mariners series, which starts tonight in Arlington? 713-780-3776. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. All right, who? what are you rooting for in this Rangers-Mariners series? They, they start tonight, three-game series, and then they play a four-game series to conclude the year. They play seven times in the uh, their final ten games. Astros have nine games. The Astros have an off day next Thursday. Rangers and Mariners uh, do not have the off day. What are you rooting for? Let's let's talk about the first series first. The three-game series this week, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, in Arlington, up there in South Oklahoma. You, you, what are you pulling for in this one? Well, I mean, I think the Rangers to win two out of three sounds right to me because of the fact that you have the tiebreaker against the Rangers, and so you've got a little bit of an extra cushion against them. And you'd like to have the Mariners coming home in full desperation mode because they're reeling and they're not riding high with confidence. It's a young team. It's an impressionable team. It's a team that rides momentum very, very well when they got hot here and got back into this thing. And I think that if you're going to play Seattle in three games up in their place when you know that their fans are going to treat it like the World Series, it'd be great if their team came in with their tail between their legs a little bit because they got it handed to them in Arlington. So I'd like to see the Rangers dominate the first series and then see the maybe the Mariners come back in the in the the finale of the, the the matchups in the final four and split or get three out of four but I would like to see the Rangers win two out of three early and then come in a little bit wounded uh, to Seattle to take on a, an Astros team Astros are in two races they're in the American League West race with the Rangers and the Mariners who they lead by half a game in both and they're in the wild card race with the Rangers and the Mariners, and also the Blue Jays are in the mix there as well. Uh, Todd mentioned the Blue Jays are in Tampa to take on the Rays, which is good because, I mean, the Rays are a good baseball team, and they are in the race uh, in the American League East, too. They're a game and a half back of Baltimore. So 
you're tied with Toronto. You're a game up or you're a half game up on the Rangers and the Mariners. I agree with you. I agree with Todd. I think it makes the most sense if you root for the Rangers to take two of three. Now, it's great that they're playing each other and they should beat each other up. But you have to win as many games as the team who loses that series. Like, it all is great in theory, but you have to go win a series. And the Astros have struggled to win a series. Because if the Rangers take two of three from Seattle, I mean, Seattle won one, and you only take one of three with Kansas City, well, now the Rangers have jumped you by half a game, and the Mariners are still right there. You play the Mariners three times. So... I want the Rangers to take two of three, but if this seven games between these two teams is like dominated by one team, at least it locks you into the postseason. Because if it's a 4-3 split, and let's say it's the Mariners with the 4-3 split, you play the Mariners, Mariners take two of three from you, they already have the tiebreaker. To me, that's worst-case scenario. So you should either be rooting for the Rangers to win a series or one of the two teams to completely dominate the seven. Because that guarantees you a playoff spot more than likely. Yeah, and I think that you know of the two teams, we know that the Mariners have had the Astros number this year. But you don't. I don't think you're scared or worried about them by any means or any stretch. But because you don't have that tiebreaker and you do against the Rangers and you really don't fear the Rangers, Scherzer's out, Garcia's out. They've had injuries galore, uh, and you seem to have their number. I, I would of the two teams. If I want one team to dominate, I would rather have Texas dominate and get Seattle as far out of the race as possible. It's good on. It's good on two fronts: the tiebreak, and then also I think the Astros match up better with the Rangers. Yep. So if you were ever to match up with them, one of these teams in the uh, in the playoffs, some way somehow, uh, it'd be good if it's the Rangers. But it is something to scoreboard watch. Scoreboard watch the Blue Jays, and then of course you got to take care of business. Though, like it's great if these two teams beat up on each other, but whoever is the losing team of the one that's getting beat up on, you have to match their wins and ideally win more than the fewest amount of wins of that series. You know, I, I think Steve Grande of the Astros PR department tweeted it out today, but that the magic number for them to, like, to I think to get in is six. If you can win six of your last nine, yeah. it, can they win six out of nine? I mean, I, I think they're, they should. I think they're supposed to, but look, don't sleep on the Diamondbacks. They're not a bad team. You know, Seattle's coming for you. The main thing that you got to do right off the jump is you got to handle your business in this series. And you should, again, they're, they're constantly looking for this, this external motivation, internal motivation, what's going to fire them up. Todd said focus. Whatever that case, whatever the case may be, they handed you your lunch last week. You have to feel in some kind of way. And if you don't feel it because you should feel it that you're in the middle of this pennant race, you got embarrassed by a 100-loss team. Twice. Yeah, you need to bring it, and you need to kick the crap out of them. The Astros have lost three straight series. Like just by the way, just by the way. It's not a, by the way, when you always remind people, you got just win the series. Just win the series, and especially with the Rangers and the Mariners playing each other, just win the series against Kansas City. I, I don't love that uh, Todd Callis had concern about Brantley. That that to me, from the voice of the Astros, that's isn't not going to tell you too much. <laughs> yeah. But if he's telling you at least that much, that means there's something there. Now it, it's it is curious that they've not made a roster move yet. Like. Maybe they're just waiting. Maybe they're just, you know, having... They're you know, hoping some miracle hoping. ice bath. And yeah, maybe. Like, him saying that it's concerning. I don't love that. Uh, 713-780-3776. Let's go out to the HRMP listener line. Andy, you're in the hive. What's up, Andy? Hey, guys, let me ask you this. Okay. If we had 100 people that, that, that knew baseball, right, that were pretty well-versed in baseball, and we asked them, is Dusty failed by not playing McCormick and Diaz this year as much as he's played Tucker, Alvarez, and Breckman? How, out of those 100 people, how many of them would say yes? 
I don't understand the think? question. Out of 100 people, how many would say that he hasn't played? Now, these are baseball-knowledgeable people. Hasn't played Chaz and Yiner enough? Enough. How yeah. many of those? Probably. Yeah. I'd say over 70%. I was going to say 75%. Yeah. 75%. 70 to 75%, Andy. 100. No. I don't think it'd be 100 because you have a lot of sound baseball minds that, like, Willie, Willie, I, Willie's a great conversation that calls into us all the time. And I think, I think Willie's a, a good baseball man. I think he's a sound baseball man. I think he has old school principles, but we can't, just because they're old school principles doesn't mean that they're wrong. Uh, just because we dis- disagree That's sometimes what- with the old school principles doesn't mean that they're wrong. Willie's a baseball man, and I respect Willie as a baseball man. Willie's one of those people that say Chaz and Yiner have played enough. He's a dusty I, man. I think too. there's at least 25% of those people that exist. And, like, if you just pull. Like Astros Twitter, like it's a toxic conversation with Yiner and Maldi. It's exhausting, uh, to be completely honest with you. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of people that I respect their baseball opinion, where they would tell you that Chaz has played p- plenty, that Yiner has played plenty. There's a lot of baseball guys that I respect their opinion that would say Dusty Baker has been selective in his usage of Chaz and Yiner and has brought out the best of them. I would wholeheartedly disagree. I would too. But I respect their opinion, and I I respect I that that I respect that take. While I don't agree, I, I think three out of four are going to say it. I just don't think you're going to get a hundred percent. I think that you're going to get the Dusty supporters. There are there are plenty of people that just in Dusty we trust you no no matter what, and the the national media are very supportive of Dusty Baker, and they believe whatever he says goes because his track record shows. More times than not, he has a winning record. He's successful. He's going to go to the Hall of Fame as a manager. So that's why I don't think it would be 100%, but I do believe that it would be heavily favored in the fact that aside from certain days off of rest like he likes to give, that those guys should have been playing more for the majority of this season based on the fact that when you play them, you get results. Do you think Joe George is a, a baseball guy? I do. Joe Absolutely, George, I do. You're a baseball guy. Where do you, where do you think uh, the percentage would be on this? Uh 70%. I'm going to go a little bit lower. Okay. Because I think there are a lot of people, like my, my, Michael Schwab is one of the most vocal people out there, very plainly, about Martin Maldonado. I don't think, is he super, he's not anti-Yiner. I don't though. think it's anti-Yiner. Like, I think he kind of kind of sits on the fence about it a little I think, bit. I think there's He'll enough pro-Maldi people. Yeah, there's there's a lot of pro-Maldi people. Like, I think if you put them in two separate conversations, you get very different results. If, Here's, you, go, if you go just Chaz McCormick, I think it's almost 100% totally agree. If it's Yiner Diaz, I think there are still like 30 to 40% of people that are going to say Martin Maldonado, they're going to side with Willie. They're going to say like the veteran leadership, yeah. the mound visits, stuff like that. Well, like, I mean, they lost that in Korea. Um, so did the Twins. Let me. Is he out? That's a good point. Yeah, he's been yeah, out. Yeah, he's got plantar, plantar fasciitis. fasciitis. Oh, I didn't know that. That's oh. terrible. And they lost Royce Lewis. Roy, yeah, Royce Lewis. Royce Lewis stays hurt. So he hit, but he hit for several four, years. Now. But that yeah. kid hit four grand slams Royce in eighteen Lewis, games. Royce Lewis is a stud. He got the he's, Astros earlier this year, he's right? Awesome. Yeah. Royce Lewis in the seldom times that he plays baseball is a stud. And it's like he he comes in, he's incredible, and yeah. then he gets hurt, and then he comes back, he's incredible. He's made of glass, but he's an yeah. amazing baseball player. He's soft. Do you? Uh, it depends. I don't know close. To, like I don't know enough. I don't know enough. Like. Like I know some of the Astros that are soft. Um, how many of it would it? How many like of Lance that percentage Busby. though? Lance Busby. <laughs> you didn't see their video last night? Why do I know that I name? saw his haircut. No, him and Tony Busby were doing a video together. I didn't colors. see that Tony Busby was yeah. there. He's uh, in like an all-brown suit, and he's talking about his great friend Tony Busby for like a political ad. Oh, really? It made me laugh. That's interesting. Who did it? McCullers? McCullers. Does that mean Busby's running for mayor all of a sudden? He's running for some city council thing oh. or something. Um, how, of, of that percentage, whether it's 25 30%, whatever that is, is this more 
pro Maldi or is it defending Dusty? I think it's a combination. I think you're going to get some of both. I think you're going to get some of the the longstanding Dusty supporters. I'm going to, you're going to get some of those people that believe in the psychologist behind the plate and the intangibles that Maldi brings. And if it don't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it till you don't make the World Series. You keep riding the, the the guy behind the dish. I think that it's a combination, and that would make up enough to get you to 25 percentish. Yeah, I think it. I think it's a. I think it's a pretty healthy split myself. I think that you just have that seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Eric, uh, just to make the playoffs, wouldn't it be perfect for the Mariners to sweep the Rangers? Puts them out essentially, then go win in Seattle. Yeah, like I, I think you either have if it's a close series, you want the Rangers to win a close series. Whether you're looking at the weekend series, whether you're looking at the seven games they have left with one another, where you want the Rangers to win the tight series if it's a tight series. But if it's a blowout, like if somebody goes six and one against the other two, it really doesn't matter which one it is. It would be better if it's the Mariners because two reasons: you have the tiebreaker on the Rangers, so it puts them a full game behind you further than the Mariners would be if they went one and six. And then you would control your destiny against the Mariners because you play them three times. Mm -hmm. So if it's a tight series, you pull Rangers. If it's one-sided, then you pull the Mariners here, which is just confusing. Just wait and just watch them play baseball. And however it plays out, it plays out. And honestly, pull for the race. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because then if you can – the intangible is if you can push the – push the the Blue Jays out of the playoffs by the fact – I see Vladdy Jr. is dinged up now too. Um, But if the Rays playing for something, and this late in the season, that means something. And if they're playing for something and they're in a dogfight with the Orioles and they're going to give it their best, that if the Rays can handle their business against the Jays, then that's even better for you because now all three teams can at least take a deep breath knowing they're not going to be shut out. 713-780-ESPN. How long's the honeymoon phase for D'Amico Ryans? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Do you have a good feeling on that game on Sunday between the football team in Jacksonville and the football team on Houston? Do you have a good feeling about some of the other action this Sunday, like the football team in Los Angeles versus the football team in Minnesota? Well, I'm here to tell you about my favorite sportsbook and casino. If you're going to throw down some bucks, you're going to lay down some bets, you better do it at BetUS.com because I'm looking out for you. Football is back. It's time to lay down those bets. And I only endorse one sportsbook and casino. That's BetUS.com. Why? Why are they the only one that I endorse? Well, BetUS is celebrating its 30th year of sports betting service with a special offer this football season. Up to 30 risk-free bets. You get up to 30 risk-free bets called BetProtect. If that is not enough for you, well, BetUS is also going to give you money because they offer the industry's biggest 125% sign-up bonus. You heard me right. It's the industry's biggest 125% sign-up bonus and there's even more. BetUS.com, if you're into crypto, you have a little bit of crypto. They have a massive 200% crypto sign-up bonus. And if you want to play the online casino, a 250% casino bonus. The game always gets more exciting with a bet, but you can take it to another level at BetUS.com with the best live in-game betting action. It's the best way to bet, I think, a little live in-game action. Do not wait. Take advantage of their 30th-year offer with up to 30 risk-free bets. Get Bet Protect. Get started today by visiting BetUS.com or just call them. 1-800-MY-BETUS that's 1-800-692-3887 to learn all about their bonuses, special offers giving you money. That's 1-800-MY-BETUS BETUS.com BETUS Sportsbook and Casino where the game begins.